looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Yes, they took our racing ownership to the next level yesterday. The Archer Park team, they were in mighty form with Show Me Mercy winning and also Maximum Output. We'll talk more about that later when we have a chat with the trainer of both of those winners, Stuart Kendrick. But don't forget, of course, Archer Park Racing present past the post. Go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. Everything there's on the, on the website, what's for sale. You can buy as much as you like, as little as you like. Ben Dorries joins me in the studio primarily to discuss what was a big day at Royal Randwick yesterday. Of course, in years gone by, this used to be the grand final Epsom Day, but with new races like the Everest, the Golden Eagle, it's sort of taken a little bit of a back seat, but the day belonged to, to, to one entity yesterday, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, David. Four winners uh, for the uh, Waterbot, we'll call them, team. Uh, including two Group 1s. Uh, wow, we what a day. And obviously trifected one of the two-year-old races as well. Also, big day for the girls, Cathy O'Hara mm. and Rachel King, both riding uh, Group 1s. Probably the first time I'd say that two female riders uh, have won separate Group 1s on the same day, on the same card uh, in Australia. And, of course, now, listen, I'm going to get kicked off this show for saying this, I reckon. This could be my last show, but it was also a wonderful day for another reason. Well. A mighty Collingwood Magpies. Wow. Are you a Collingwood supporter? Well, I've told you this on the show many times before. My wife's a Victorian. Mad Collingwood. I remember that. So my life just goes so much better when they win. And I actually had a nice fill up on the punt. So everything's going really good in my life. What about yours, David? No, it's it's not going well because I've got a wonky computer. That's the the word I'll use this morning. I could use another word, but... um, Spilled a bit of liquid on it last night just when I was trying to do some research for past the post. So I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. When you say liquid, just a bit of water or something? Or? Yeah, well, there's water in it. <laughs> um, but one thing, one thing before we, we kick off, what I know about football, you get right on the back of a step. But I will say one thing, even I was captured by that game yesterday. I, I was trying to think of the word... Riveting would be a good word. It was just an unbelievable game from start to finish. Yeah, and look, you always gravitate to what's fresher in your your memory. And, and I'll say this and someone will, will, will text in and say, oh, what about this grand final? What about that grand final? But I've got to say, in terms of the spectacle and the theatre and everything around it, that was, I reckon, the best grand final of any code I have ever watched. That was absolutely... No matter who you supported, if the Lions had a one, if it had been a draw, Collingwood won... Whatever. That just had everything. It was bloody fabulous. And you know what? So many grand finals do disappoint, don't they? Mm. So it was just great to see one that lived up to all the billing. And on that note, good morning, Bart Sinclair. How are you this morning? <laughs> I think he's, he's in his words. He was there. He was there. He's in his, witness protection, I think. <laughs> he was there with his good mate, Stuart Rutledge, but uh, not to be. But, yeah, it was a wonderful game. I mean, even if you're not, in, not involved remotely, uh, it, was, it was great to watch. Let's get into the action from Royal Randwick yesterday. We'll go to the first of three Group 1s. This was the Tab Epsom. Typical Epsom. Big field, 18 runners. Equal favourites at $7.50. Hope in your heart and nugget. So Golden Mile leads them up down the side and the hands of Blake Shin narrowly from Williamsburg. Rodina gets a great run third on the rails and going forward now is Nugget. Oliver couldn't get in so he said let's go and the favourite Nugget now moves up on the outside of Golden Mile a long way from home. Two lengths to Williamsburg third followed by Rodina staying put on the rails from going global the outside. Two lengths then to Communist followed by Barbie's Fox pounding out deep. Hoping your heart being scrubbed up by Williams trying to get into it 
as they come around the home corner now. And Golden Mile comes back on Nugget. Golden Mile a length and a half on Nugget, followed by Williamsburg. Redina getting a gap. Further back to Kovalika, working into the clear. Hope in your heart coming down the outside together with Mo Ibram. But Golden Mile has a good lead. Inside the 150, Golden Mile two in front. Redina, Democracy Manifest charging home. Golden Mile in front from Redina. Kovalika wide out. Redina, Redina just won it, I'd say, from Kovalika. Golden Mile. Then came Barbie's Fox, Democracy Manifest, the inevitable. And wide out, hope in your heart with my Oberon. Further back to Williamsburg, Diamond Pounding Converge. A nugget weakened out from going global. Further back to Communist Political Debate, Kerwin's Lane and Madame Pomery. Yes, Radina, given a perfect ride by Cathy O'Hara, trained by Chris Waller, able to win the Tab Epsom yesterday. Ben Dorries was able to catch up with Anna Max Whitby a little earlier this morning. Well, that was Radina's fabulous win in the Epsom. Uh, now we've got uh, part owner Max Whitby, uh, a new Gold Coast resident, or relatively new. We'll call you a Queenslander. We'll claim you, Max. Uh, terrific win. I've got to say... We saw this horse race up here in the Winter Carnival uh, in the Gun Sin Classic. If you'd have told me then he'd be an Epsom winner, I would have fallen over. Jeez, he's improved, hasn't he? He certainly has. Gelding uh, did, did the uh, wonders for him, and uh, he just got stronger and better. And Chris picked him early. He said, this is a group, group horse, mate. Don't worry about that. It'll take a bit of time, and he's grown into it. Yeah, and... Uh, was there a point when the penny really dropped with him, Max, or, or was it the gelding? Or, or... Oh, I think it's definitely the gelding, mate. Definitely yep. the gelding had made him. You know. Yeah, I okay. can only wish. Yeah, you only wish. Can you get him through to that? You know, once at eighty five percent get cut. So that's how it is, mate. We bred him. Very proud of that. Yeah, and um, Chris sounded like he had some reservations uh, about running him in the Epsom. Just a you know sixteen hundred Group One company. Was was he always going to to, to run in the week leading up, or, or were there some question marks over whether no, he would take his place? Yeah, yeah, the other bloke was we got we owned Waterford as well. And he drew bad. The barrier draw was quite thrilling actually because all the early low numbers came out early for the big long prices, and I thought oh, I'm in strife here anyway. Outcome two, so we're off. But then uh, Waterford drew 22, I think 21, 22, something like that. Anyway, um, and once once we drew the two marble, was definitely going forward. But the other bloke was scratching, saving for next week. Yeah. And it was a fairly painless watch. Cathy O'Hara, obviously from the lovely um, barrier, gave you a terrific ride, uh, didn't she? I mean, there wasn't. I mean, I, I, you yeah, know, obviously Kovalika flashed late, but you had to had seemed to have the race, and you're keeping a fair way out. Yeah, well, it, she rode it to tactics, mate. You had to go forward out of the out of the two box and um, went forward. We knew they'd have to come across some of the shorter prices were outside us. She rode it treat. Fairnigan was one of the best you'll see. I think maybe looking through one eye, but the fact is, I thought it was an outstanding ride. She never, you know, never, never gave in, just stayed at it and listed in the last fifty, which is great. Yeah, well, how did so you? Sure, they were, they were coming at him. They were coming at him, but that's uh, that's what it should be doing in an Epsom, you know. How did you? Uh, how did you celebrate last night? And and what's next for this horse, Max? <clears throat> well, uh, as Chris and Charlie were telling me yesterday, it's the same course that coding was, that Colding was on. So we can go to the Golden Eagle, $10 million race. That's November, I think, the Melbourne Cup day. That'll be interesting because um, I've got a couple of runners already uh, in the big dance, so it could be a fat old day that day. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the celebrations last night, did you let your hair down a bit? Uh, yeah, no, it's not bad for an old bloke. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Bubbly weight, mate. <laughs> a bit ordinary today, but fantastic.
Uh, terrific. And, of course, it's a big couple of weeks for you, isn't it, with your slot in the Everest. You've got Private Eye uh, running yes. for you. Look to have a, a, a massive chance uh, in this year's Tab Everest. Yeah, very happy to get him. We, uh, we've waited, waited, waited. We, we had Silner on our radar. That was that was nearly done. And then Private Eye came out of the ground. It was a pretty big day of racing down here and Sunshine in Paris won as well and et cetera. So uh, Private Eye did it. Was actually, I was at the footy. I was at the Queensland Cup grand final up at the Dolphins there and uh, I did the deal while I was sitting at the footy. It was nice. <laughs> James an old mate of mine. All the syndicate, he's a great bloke. Yeah, and Joe's a real pro, real pro, you know. Yeah, terrific. And how's the, how's the trainer, uh, Joe Pride, that is line private eye up against his other horse, think about it, going into the Everest, you know? Like, I mean, he's given, given, given you a fair bit of confidence with your horse? Mate, I've got to say, you know, he, um, he hadn't potted the other bloke, but he's certainly given, given our bloke a big rap. He, he, he grabbed us about two months out. He said, this horse will be ready. Don't worry. We said, oh, yeah, right. Thanks, mate. Even that was a good second last year. And then here it is. It's all played out and played, played into our hands, so to speak, you know? Yeah, so we're very happy to be involved. Oh, well, terrific, Max. Well, uh, well, thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations on your Epsom win. Safe flight uh, back to thanks, the Gold mate. Coast, and uh, good Go luck to in the, the Broncos. <laughs> Go to the Broncos. <laughs> Go to the Broncos. <laughs> See you, Max. Good on you, mate. See you, Tim. Bye bye. You're listening to Radio Tabs Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Yes, Radina. So we can take some heart out of the. Uh, the win yesterday because, of course, he competed here during our carnival, beating Yellow Brick. Maybe lucky that day, so maybe it um, sp- or talks up Yellow Brick, uh, who um, probably should have beat Radina on the guns in on Stradbroke Day. Yeah, um, Radina, gee whiz. Um, Cathy O'Hara just gave that horse a complete peach, from, admittedly, from an inside barrier. It was where you sort of wanted to be, where that horse was in the run, the way just the way the track played yesterday. I thought the run of the day anywhere, and I'm not including Friday night because um, we saw some outstanding runs uh, on my stakes night, but Kovalika, if Kovalika hadn't been slow away, uh, he, he, I just reckon he would have been one pair, pair further forward. Joe Moreira would have just had him just that little bit closer. I'm not saying much closer, and that would have won him the race. And after a, you know, I don't know, lacklustre is the right word, but, but so-so first up performance, that's the Kovalika we know. Tell you what, I'd be trying to. Uh, I'll be heading towards the Cox Plate with that horse, David. Two thousand metres looks right in his sweet spot. I know Golden Eagle is being bandied about, but fifteen hundred. Just reckon they might be too sharp for him over fifteen hundred. He was the sectional star. So you'll love this, but but you'll be happy with this because he was the sectional star of the Epsom. He ran the quickest last six hundred metres, thirty-two ninety-four. He's always good second up. I don't think many expected much of him first up. He was sixteen dollars that day, so I thought the run was was probably just slightly more than a pass mark. Excellent yesterday. I agree. But you're in that team. Uh, is the Golden Eagle the plan? Well, I think the Cox Plate might be more the plan now, only because he's just shaping like he wants um, longer. I mean, that was 1,600 metres yesterday, and he was just getting wound up at the end, wasn't he? So, And I know, you know, the Golden Eagle's just against his, his own age group. Um, but, yeah, he just shapes as a mile-and-a-half horse to me. Um, so, that, yeah, it was just terrific to see him back. Golden Mile... Ran terrific, of course, crossing from an outside uh, gate. There's a few disappointments in the race, but look, all in all, I think the the Cornella, um, they were the ones with the the, the sort of uh, flashing lights is the wrong word, but they they you know one of those was going to win a fair way or not a fair way out, but certainly in the last hundred metres it came down to a battle of those two. And I think Kovalika for the future out of the tab Epsom. We'll come back to some of the other Group One shortly, but let's go to the Premier, and basically this is the 
the last stop-off before the Everest in two weeks' time. It's a million-dollar race in itself. And we were seeing the Stradbroke winner return. He's already in the the Everest. Think about it. And Punters had him at $1.85. Here's the replay. Lost and running, really looking to bounce back today. Led around the corner from Zapateo Athelric. Think about it, travels well. Clipperton's eyeing off a rails run and getting it pretty quickly now. Alcohol free and restricted room. And Hawaii 5 is running on really well down the outside. Think about it, went up the inside to join Zapateo. Hawaii 5 wide out. And then Bella Nepatina running on. It's Think About It all out. Hawaii 5 think about it. Hawaii 5 lunges. Oh, close here. Did the favourite hang on? Think about it. Maybe a nose to Hawaii 5 0. Bella Nipatina third, followed by alcohol free as Runwell. Further back to Cote, Zapateo, Athelric, lost and running, photo finish. Yes, and the favourite got to think about it. He is a winner, a winner, winner, winner. That's now 10 wins from 11 starts. Joe Pride is his trainer. He's always very good with his time. He joins us this morning on Past the Post. Joe, good morning. Yeah, morning, guys. Well, uh, your thoughts there, that last 100 metres, a bit anxious for you? Um, yeah, look, it was. Um, I sort of thought once he got clear, he was going to stay clear. And, um, yeah, credit to um, Hawaii 5 He came out after him and um, he looked like he had him sort of on toast and, uh, and that last, inside that last 100. But um, my horse sensed him, um, which he's done in the past and, and, and found again. So pretty good effort, you know, first up with a, a run that probably didn't... I mean, I think he's best when he's in fast run races, this horse, mm. and... Or, He's at best in fast run races, and yesterday it was a um, they went thirty five one and then home thirty three six. So yeah, just a just a dash home, and I think over twelve hundred meters. That's um, he wants a genuine contest because he's he's genuine at least a seven furlong horse, maybe further. So. Was um say was he say eighty eighty five percent wound up yesterday considering he's he's you know obviously the big fish to fry in a couple of weeks like what what uh, how wound up was he yesterday? Uh, look, I, I got asked that question a few times and it, it's it's a hard one to it's a hard one to really measure quantify um something like that. I mean, I would expect him to improve a couple of lengths, but I'd also expect him to find a couple of lengths um, just through a, a, a more genuinely run race. Um, when they run them like that, you know the. That I'm not going to say bad horse because there's no bad horses in, the, in races like this, but the, it, it gives a, an opportunity for, for an inferior horse to, to keep in touch and then it's just a dash home. Um, so I'd love to think we get a genuinely run Everest and, and if we do get that, um, he's clearly you know one of, the, one of the main chances. Another question I'll put to you is uh, about map position. Now, when he was here in Brisbane, I called him in the Kings for Smith of the Stradbroke. Seeing him travelling away from the rail, free running, and then you know, descending in the straight. Yesterday, and no fault, this is where you were drawn, uh, Sam Clipperton had him like coiled away, sort of you know, semi-box seating. Has he been in that sort of position before? No, no, he's led and, and, and been successful there. But that was the first time. I, I, yeah. I much prefer him out in the clear. I yeah. think, you know, big striding horse like him, I'd love a middle drawer and, and, and an Everest and a good tempo, and that would give him a chance to sort of peel out wide and a bit of space. And I think it's when you're really, really seeing let down. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, look, it's just another another case of where he's shown that he's adaptable and you know, and, and managed to get the job done. He's, um, I mean, he's won ten now, and, and of those, the last seven, five of them have been less than a length margin at the end. So it sort of tells a bit of a story in itself. Your joint favourite uh, for the Everest with a horse. That is probably not going to be there, Imperatrice. What do you make of that whole situation? I mean, she's obviously a, a, a superstar. Won the won the Moya, 
the other night, but um, most likely he isn't going to be turning up. I suppose you're happy with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know that I don't, we don't need to see you here if um, <laughs> from my perspective, but at the same time, I, I think we need to keep... Um, I, look, she, 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 I think she should be in the field, but I, I'm not... I'm not totally sold on on her on on her form. I mean, I think beating up those um, and clearly they're at a lesser level down there. Um, beating up those horses around a track like the Valley over a thousand, how that form would stand up. I and mean, the difference between a thousand metres at the Valley and 1200 at Randwick, it's just a different race completely. And I know she's one over further, but I think she I think she's looking good doing what she's doing. That doesn't necessarily translate to taking on the very best of um, of her generation. I think that's a, a very interesting opinion, and I'm sure some would share that with you. But we're seeing the lead-up to the Everest. Now we're only two weeks away. Two weeks will fly. We'll be at Everest Day before we know it. Um, horses have dropped out, Giga Kick, and then Sunshine in Paris. There are some slots yet to be filled, so some of the slot holders are getting a bit anxious now. Whereas from your uh, position, you've got two horses in the Everest, and both seemingly uh, uh, everything's A-OK, so... What sort of mood are you in now? Are you nervous? Are you contented? How do you feel? No, good. I, I had the first good night's sleep I've had in, in, a, in a three or four weeks last night, and, um, <laughs> and that, that says something in itself. You know, it's, it's getting... There's always a bit of nervous tension, I think, when you bring a horse back and you want to see them resume because until you take them to the races, you kind of don't know where their, their level is at for that preparation. Now, both my horses resumed. They've won two of the major lead-ups. Um, I feel like the hard work's been done. Um, you said the next two weeks are going to go fast. Not, not for me, guys. Very, very slowly. And there's a lot, you know, there's work to be done, but it's now not, it's more maintenance work. And I'm, I'm comfortable with all that. And um, I know the little things can go wrong. I don't, I'm not going to take that for granted, but we've got a good team around these horses. And I'm very comfortable with the way the race is shaping, the way my two horses are. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap them for, for any other runners. I think they're two massive chances. And we'll both um, we'll both really relish the, the the pressure of an Everest. Joe, I was told you took um, Private Eye uh, to Randwick yesterday for what you know for all intents and purposes, sort of called a dummy run. Like has a, you know the horse has a trip to yep. the races uh, in the box next to think about it. Uh, you know th- thinks he's racing, but but doesn't and goes home at the end of the day. Just for our listeners, just explain the rationale and, and the thought behind that. Yeah, so he's a horse that that on occasion. Um, has got uh, quite stirry at the races, quite sweaty, um, played around a fair bit, wanted to kick it, kick, kick out and, 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 and muck around. And, and if he, I've done this with him in the past. These, these little runs, dummy runs, as I call them, um, just, just settle nervous energy. And, you know, and every time they go to the race, it's a bit like if every time you took them to the track, you gallop them, they think they're only going there for one thing. But, you know, to have just a day out, and he handled it beautifully yesterday. I, I really feel like he's just... Bang on track that horse. I, I could not be any happy with him. I think his lead-up run was excellent. Um, he gets Nash on him for the big day, and um, he's very adaptable. He can he can sit he can sit off a slow speed or a fast speed. He's got real serious acceleration. Um, so yeah, yesterday was just about just another little you know one percenter that I just like to tick off and and just to, he's going to for a trial on Friday at the Kensington track and just all little all the little components that'll come together and making the best possible private eye on the day. Good work, all's good. We hope to talk to you in two weeks' time. So do I. That'd be great. Good on you, Joe. Thank you, Joe Pry joining us this morning, discussing um, a thing about it principally and also private eye. Let's continue with our look back at Royal Ramwick yesterday. We're going back to the Group Ones. Let's go to the time on a Metropolitan and just fine was an odds-on favourite.
As they race inside the 600 metres, Spirit Ridge, a half in front to Major Beale. Just Fine is locked up at the moment in third. Followed them by deeper out, Cleveland pulling out from Mr. Waterville. He's hit a flat spot. Military mission wide out. The favourites out now. Spirit Ridge in front. And here's Just Fine going to it quickly. And Just Fine moves up on the outside of Spirit Ridge. And they're well clear from the rest. Just Fine and Spirit Ridge inside the 200 metres. in a real good stash here. Spirit Ridge showing plenty of fight. Rachel King driving hard on Just Fine the favourite ahead in front Just Fine Spirit Ridge really trying to come back Just Fine, a brave Metropolitan win, wanted ahead to Spirit Ridge they gapped the rest, Carla Poor third, followed by Benno Cleveland, Boisdajon military mission then Ho Ho Khan further back to Torren, Zalabir Wineglass Boy, Bathe and Manzois from Navajo Peak Major Bill and Mr Waterville this was an outstanding race to watch. I think, as Darren said, a good stoush between Just Fine, the odds-on favourite, and a roughy Spirit Ridge. But the favourite won. The punters were happy, as was our next guest, Gay Waterhouse, who's joining us this morning on Past the Post. Gay, congratulations. Now, it certainly was Past the Post yesterday. And it was amazing to think that the two women fought out that, that race. You know, um, it was just, you know, you're watching Rachel King at her best. I mean... Rachel was apprentice to me, and when the, we were doing the nominations for the race, she rang me and she said, look, would you consider me for the horse? Mm. And I said, we certainly would. I said, but uh, she said, because you know, Gay, uh, without having anything, I can eat what you like and whatever, and I will come in at the 50 and a half. Uh, anyway, I said, Girl, you know, she rides so light. She's fantastic. And she's so good. She's ridden several group ones for us over a distance. She has... A beautiful clock in her head, hasn't she? She certainly has. Just before we talk about the horses yesterday, and this was a wonderful day for you and Adrian and, and all of your owners, but I just wanted to mention, and I said this at the start of the show, in days gone by, this was the grand final Epsom Day for, for the spring. And this day, yes, it would have meant a lot to you, particularly, I know, because your dad had so much success in the Epsom, in the Metro, in the flight stakes. Remember bounding away, but all those horses. Oh. But, but for you personally yesterday, even though it's not the biggest day anymore, we get that, there's still a lot of, lot of tradition with yesterday. I love tradition because tradition, without knowing what happens in the past, you can't really make the future. And one of the great things with working in partnership with Adrian is I can say, look, we did such and such with a horse or we did mm. so and so or we're able to place it there. And they've found uh, just doing um, surveys that uh, um, you know, joint CEOs in businesses do remarkably well, especially when you've got the, you know, like the, the person who's the, the like the founder of the business, or you know, the original, you know, uh, the person who's been running the business, and then they take on uh, a protege, like I did with Adrian. Those businesses do very well, and you only have to see the proof in the pudding of what's happening at Tully Clonshaw. Gay, tell us a bit about Just Fine, because I've never seen an import hit the ground running so quickly. Normally they take a preparation or at least a run or two, but this guy's just gone bang, bang, bang. Like, he's obviously taken to Australia like a duck to water. He certainly has, but you have a short memory, because exactly 10 years ago, Ferente walked out of the quarantine <laughs> in Melbourne and ran second in the Melbourne Cup. So he, he's done it before, but not many of them, I agree with you. Most of the imports take us a little time to get them to acclimatise. So you've got to remember, in England and, and Europe and Ireland, horses are in the box 22 hours a day. 
It's totally different to Australia. Colder climate, they're boxed a lot, their feet are much more what we call tunnel, you know, a smaller hoof on a lot of them. Um, uh, and they're in the box, whereas in Australia they're out walking and pooling and they're out in the afternoon for a walk and, you know, and that makes a big difference. Being, and the weather makes a big difference. You know, the warm weather, a lot of them take a while to adjust to that. Now, the feed's so different. Everything about Australia, I say to them when the trainers in England say, yeah, what do you do? Why didn't you ring me up and ask me about what to do with the horse? I said, what's the point? Mm. I said, it's the upside down cake. What works in England doesn't work in Australia. What works in Australia probably doesn't work in England. Horses for courses. Now, we'll leave just fine. Tropical Squall actually ran faster time than the Epsom, 133.91. Our theme is tradition this morning, Gay. I want to ask you this question. The uh, Melbourne Racing Club and Racing Victoria decided to take the 1,000 guineas from where it was, perfectly placed, to after the Spring Carnival of Flemington which has upset a lot of trainers. What are your thoughts on that? It's, a great, it's, a, it's, it's not the best decision. Look, uh, it throws the whole thing out of whack because mm. what most fillies would go for a little spell, a little rest in the paddock after the, that classic race. Um, by putting it there, it's all of a sudden, it, it's in no man's land. You, you know, you've got to be able to program the horse so that they can go through their they're programmed to where the goal is, be it the Melbourne Cup or, or the, the King Charles or the Everest or, or the Oaks. And, of course, the flight stakes and the guineas are many times a lead-up to the Oaks. They're also a grand finale. And then the horse comes back for races like the Coolmore and those wonderful races in the autumn. Mm. Um, so, you know, often uh, clubs have the right intent but don't have the right history to know what can really work and work for the horses. Gay, okay, tell us about Adam Hieronymus, uh, who won this Group 1 for you on Tropical School. He paid so much tribute to you afterwards. He said in his ban, he, he obviously got banned for betting there for, for quite a while. It was pretty much your support that kept him going. He was on the verge of, of quitting. So it must have been a nice moment that, that uh, you were able to combine with him yesterday. Adam's a, uh, the makings of a freak jockey. He's, he's got the most wonderful ability of having a, a time clock in his head. All my best jockeys all of them, and I've made so many in Australia and been behind them, all have to learn how to have a, a time clock. You go back to people like Chris Munson, those. Now, often the Queensland jockey has that. They're sort of born with it because the racing style, it's all about, you know, having that wonderful ability to be able to put a certain amount of speed into the race. And it makes the others in, uh, uncomfortable and out of their comfort zone and aid your horse. And before the race yesterday, they all ring me and we have a chat and then I ring Adrian and then he has the final word. But I said to Adam, you keep your foot on the, on the accelerator. I said, you make sure it's a little bit of extra pressure because it will not suit the other horses and it will, it will suit her. And he said, Gay, if I jump cleanly, he said, I know I've got half the race won. And I said, you're right. <laughs> Now, what, what about Hawaii 5 uh, Gay? We obviously saw him uh, run third in the Strabroke Cup here. He was terrific yesterday in the Premier. Another, another stride he wins. Uh, can we expect him to see him in the Everest? He certainly will. He certainly will because we're very lucky in that the Everest this year had a few spots still, still available. And he will be there with bells on. Uh, they haven't made a final decision on the jockey. But whoever rides him, you or I could ride him and he'll still fight to finish out the Everest. He's the most exciting horse that's come to our stable for a long time. Really, really exciting horse. So so which slot holder is taking Hawaii 5-0 go? 
Well, that's up for me to say. <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd, you'd leave us wondering. Hey, uh, look, we could, we could talk for hours, but I want to also mention the two-year-olds. You love the young horses, and it was a great result for the stable yesterday, and, and particularly uh, trifectoring the uh, the breeders. It's interesting. I went through the... This is where you say about tradition. I went throughout the, the, the... Never in the history of the breeders' plate has it been trifected. Adrian made history yesterday. Mm. We had three colts go to that race. Three colts came out, first, second and third. They trifected the race, never been done before. You know, it's a feat in itself. You know, every category yesterday, the horses were fighting out finishes. The two-year-olds, those fillies and colts. The three-year-olds, the flight stakes, the staying race, you know, the, 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 the middle distance race, the, the benchmark whatever. And so I was really so proud of him. He, he's terrific. He's doing a sensational job. Yeah, it was a wonderful day. We've got to mention before you go, Ganbare, who won the Dulcify. Uh, again, a, a very good performance. Very good performance at wonderful odds. Tough as cheek. This horse, we had an opinion of him uh, in the... Um, the autumn, and he just wasn't quite there. You know, he's by Morris, and he was just that little bit unfurnished, and we put him away, and yesterday it was a perfect race for him, and didn't he, didn't he, just outperformed. Mm. You know, out, outran his odds, didn't he? <laughs> exactly right. And we've still got a, quite a few weeks ahead of the carnival, so still plenty of big times for you and Adrian to come. Well, we hope so. You know, you, you, you hate all your group horses to perform early and not be able to carry it over you know, that wonderful Melbourne Spring. And, of course, now, you know, Sydney's got so many sensational races. It's, it's, it's a smorgasbord for anyone who enjoys racing. Well, you love your racing and, and you, you love racing. And, and just, uh, keep saying just before you go, alligator blood, of course, last week. But that day at Flemington on Sunday, bringing the families into the, to the track, a, a wonderful, uh, wonderful gesture, wonderful initiative, I felt. I think that they should do it more often. I mm. think they shouldn't be charging families. I think they shouldn't charge anyone. You should be able to walk on the race course and have a bet and watch the horse and have a picnic. Uh, uh, but it was a very nice day. We had great competition last week because we had the Melbourne show on. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the queues of cars to go to the Melbourne show, I think it, I left in the morning and came back for the races and the same queue seemed to be sitting there. <laughs> you know, uh, it, so it was a bit of competition, which probably racing doesn't need. You know, it needs all the help it can get. Uh, but it was certainly a lovely day, and we had two horses that your listeners should follow. One was a gold bullion who won the 1,800-metre three-year-old race to lead up to the derby, and the other one was ambassadorial, uh, owned by the Peacock family, you know, Andrew Peacock, mm. who was in politics many, you know, many decades ago, where his two daughters, Anne Peacock, who's on the VRC, and Anne Chappell, um, Jane Chappell-Heim, who trains very successfully in Newmarket, England. So that was a lovely, you know, lovely thing that they were able to give me a horse to train and we were able to be performing for them. And what a great name, Ambassadorial. Gay, mm. it's been a privilege to chat with you this morning. Uh, to you and Adrian, congratulations on yesterday and thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Bye. Gay Waterhouse joining us this morning here on Past the Post. Now, I reckon I've been on this show on and off, or probably full-time for a few years, on and off for 10 years. That's the highlight. She's just the best guy, isn't she? If there is a better, um, I don't know what, what I'm looking for, ambassador, I guess, for racing in yeah. Australia, I'm yet to find one. She she is a national treasure, Gay Waterhouse. She, spokes, she speaks with common sense, no fuss about her, so honest, and fair scoop that too.
Hawaii Five-0, Everest slot. Didn't yeah, say which one, yeah. but anyway, I'd, I'd, I'd be locking that in. I'll be if you lock a Y five O, I'd be getting on the tab site and having something on. Exactly. Let's let's have a listen to one more replay from yesterday at Royal Rambo because we're going to move on to the Valley. We'll go to Tropical Squall because this was very good of the Group One flight stakes. Here's the replay. Inside the 600, Tropical Squall just in front of Hasty Honey. Tis Invincible just been nudged along a bit, coming around the turn. Kamachi fourth on the rails and two lengths to Unique Ambition. Tropical Squall up the rise, extends the lead to two and a half now. On Tis Invincible, flat to the boards. Kamachi's racing through, trying to get into second. Tuta Levita and Captain Amelia running on on the outside. Tropical Squall's got a great kick though. Kamachi goes to second, giving chase. Tropical Squall two in front, a length in front. Tropical Squall clings on, led all the way in the flight stakes. Beat Kamachi, photo for third, Tuta Levita, and wide out Molly Nickers. Then came Captain Amelia, private legacy storming home on the rails. Tis Invincible, had to do it tough today. She missed a place. Then Miss Yolene from Hasty Honey, Unique Ambition, a gap to summer loving, and French Endeavour. Well, the clock doesn't lie. One thirty-three ninety-one in the flight compared to the Epsom one thirty-four twenty-six, and she did it from start to finish. Burned the candle at both ends, and her only fourth start in the race. Yeah, she was there to be beaten, wasn't she? Mm. But no one could beat her. Uh, Kamachi got well, not close, but sort of close enough, and was a couple of lengths to everyone, everyone else. So I don't think there can be too many uh, excuses from anyone. I was a bit disappointed with Summer Loving. I thought, uh, yeah, we went around twenty six dollars, but. I remember seeing this girl uh, way back in the Magic Millions and thinking, even back then, thinking the 1,600 of the flight stakes would be in her sweet spot. I think the French Endeavour might have come to the end of it, pulled up with a couple of issues, but all honours to the winner. Yes, yeah, certainly, and more than likely, uh, she'll go to the Oaks in early November. That was Royal Ramwick, Epsom Day yesterday, and uh, as we said at the start of the show and as we said during the the review, the day belonged to Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Pot. Let's take a break on Past the Post, back to look at the Valley on Friday night. Two special girls strutted their stuff there, and we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Thanks for your company on Past the Post this morning. We'll talk about the Archer Park Racing winners later in the program and Stuart Kendrick joins us. But now we're going to look back at the Valley from Friday night. And we had Group 1 Racing with the Moyer Stakes and this wonderful man from New Zealand, Imperatriz, was the dominant favourite, $1.65. Here's Matt Hill's recall. Through the gap of the 650, it's Zoo Style by a neck, Acro Mantula, a length and a quarter as Fura and Rothfire, followed by Uncommon James Generation. Imperatrice is about to peel three and four deep, five off the lead, and back behind those, the Inferno. Zoo Style, Acro Mantula, as Fura made a line of three before the corner, then Rothfire. Imperatrice is making her bid as Fura around the turn at the 150, led a length and a half. Imperatrice is flying now as Fura at the 50. Imperatrice has got her and raced on by Imperatrice by a length as Fura second, Uncommon James third, then the Inferno, Rothfire. Next in the field was Zoo Style, Generation and Acro Mantula. But she was brilliant again. She was, and she uh, backed that up by running 56.47, so a new track record. She broke her own track record, which she said in the McEwen. So she keeps delivering these outstanding performances 
coming from the back, coming off the track around the valley and running uh, sensational times. Yeah, not much more I can add to that. Uh, she was just a class or several classes above this mob, wasn't she? Certainly was. Mark Walker's a trainer. He joins us on Past the Post. Mark, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. I suppose the question I'm going to put to you first, you're probably sick of hearing it. She's treated with such respect, uh, this mayor, that they've still got her as equal favourite for the Everest. Can you tell us this morning that she won't be there on Everest Day? Yeah, she definitely won't be there. Fair enough. Uh, have, the, have, have there still been uh, offers to you, to, to, to connections, to, to entice you to go there? Uh, yeah, there has been, but... Um... Well, we just think it's in her best interest to stay in Melbourne. Just to expand on that a little bit for us, if if you you could, Mark, because obviously she's uh, front and centre everywhere in Australia now. It's just, you, you just feel those Group 1s in Melbourne are sort of, I don't know if right for the picking's the, the, the right word, but you, you just prefer to run her down there than send her to Sydney? Yeah, well, she's just so happy down here and and we just don't see that she needs to travel all the way up to Sydney for that race and... Uh, when there's, you know, some nice races down here. And, um, yeah, she's just a happy horse. So we're just, just keeping, her, keeping her down here. I mentioned her record, 15 wins from 21 starts. And at the moment we're seeing this, this, this brilliant sprinting mare coming from the back of the bus and, and running, you know, super times. But she has one up to a mile. Like, she is now a five-year-old mare. What do you think is her best distance? Uh, I think twelve to fourteen hundred is probably her best distance. She she did get a mile as a three year old uh, once against her own age and against the boys, and then in a weight for age, fillies and mares mile. So, uh, but I do think twelve to fourteen hundred is probably a best distances. It's been a real sort of golden golden age or golden couple of years hasn't it for for kiwi sprinters coming to australia we we were used to seeing the stays come over here and do well but uh gee, gee whiz there's been some sprinters out of the box in the last few years hasn't there including your girl here yeah uh obviously she is australian bred like david ellis bought her at uh the magic Millions, so she's really a australian bred sprinter it's just that she was trained in new zealand sort of thing we know that um, where her next goal lies is the Manicato. Uh, just further down the track, have, have you and, and Connections thought about what you might do, say, early next year? Oh, she'll, races like the Lightning and mm. races like that will be, you know, right up her alley, won't they? Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. But first things first, the Manicato. But great to see her, her break her own track record on Friday night. That's a wonderful achievement. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for being with us. No problem. Thank you. Mark Walker joining us this morning, the trainer of Imperatrice. And, uh, yeah, there's not much more to say. She's just airborne at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of wash-up from that race, though, particularly pertaining to the, uh, some of the Queensland horses. Rothfire, who ran fifth, was held up for 100 metres or so, but was still disappointing. Uh, didn't let down, as we know, that he can. Rob Heathcote reported yesterday that the horse was just a bit sore uh, in you know uh, at the front, no, no sort of injury or anything. Just felt the firm track. So Rothfire will have uh, a break now. Uncommon James, I thought running third was good. Um, I, I wouldn't describe it. You know, it was fantastic or, or average. I described it as good. I reckon. I reckon he was good. He'll go on to the Manicato uh, now. Um, 
And yeah, I suppose that's that's the main wash up. I, I must admit, I thought Rothfire, I um, just about declared him the best each way bet anywhere in the country uh, in a column I, I wrote last week. So I was just a bit disappointing to see that happen to him, but. Uh, they've still got a bloody good horse there, and it's great to hear there's no injury or, or ongoing concerns yeah. there. And Uncommon James, being an Oakley played winner, uh, Connection can, can rightfully say that he is in the, the, the top grade of sprinters in Australia. And these races aren't easy to win. Imperatrice at the moment is just a little better than the others, certainly down Melbourne way. Right, she wasn't the only horse to break a track record on Friday night. In fact, a track record was broken about half an hour earlier in the stock stakes, and of course it was this Western Australia mayor, Amelia's jewel who did it. Let's first listen to the replay. Pride of Jenny, 550 metres to go, stretches them now, niggled. Two and a half, Amelia's Jewel, who's creeping closer. Then came Sione as they come to the turn. Deny knowledge in fourth from Party Princess, Papali, Steinem, Papillon Club, thought-provoking, and a fair receiver. Pride of Jenny under the whip around the corner of the 200. Amelia's Jewel stoked up to run her down into the straight at the 150. Pride of Jenny, a half-length. Amelia's Jewel moves up on the outside, takes Pride of Jenny, is coming clear, great pipe opener, bring on the Cox Plate, Amelia's Jewel three quarters of a length, Pride of Jenny three legs to nine knowledge, Party Princess Sione, followed by Papillon Club Steinem Affair Receiver Papali, thought provoking and there were never any issues with the odds on favourites. No there certainly weren't but she had to track had to stalk a hot speed, hot speed alright, we know Pride of Jenny can do this and Pride of Jenny, I mean uh, let's take nothing away from Amelia's Jewel but Pride of Jenny did all the hard yakker, Amelia's Jill tagged her, but then was able to sustain that 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 that, that speed and stop the clock at one thirty four thirty seven. Home in thirty five thirty nine. So they ran that first thousand in fifty nine seconds. So and probably out of her comfort zone. She she's normally a mare who likes to settle and, and dash to the line. But under the circumstances, as Damien um uh, uh, Damien Lane Lane said post race, uh he was probably glad she was in that position because it might have been a bit difficult the way the track was playing and the way Pride of Jenny ran that if she'd been further back, she might have been up against it. It might have been a bit difficult. It would have been completely bloody impossible. It, without that ride, getting across and sitting second, I reckon the way the track was playing, well, if she was back in the second half of the field, she would have had none. And we would have, she would have flashed home and we would have said that was a good, uh, really good run, good pipe opener for what's to come. Uh, the dollar thirty-five favourite. I mean, when, when you've got a dollar thirty-five favourite, I know there's bigger fish to fire down the track, but you've got to ride out to win, don't you? Mm. Which is what Damien Lane did. Exactly right. You've got to ride them to win, like Giga Kick. Well, <laughs> <laughs> fell into that trap, didn't you? Well, well see, that, I don't think he did ride it. Well, that, anyway. that, that, well that's, <laughs> that story is, is closed now. But I just thought I just thought I'd jump in there. Mm. Uh, the Stud Stakes was the other group feature and was won by Griff, who's certainly found form going to Melbourne. He'll go, of course, to the Caulfield Guineas. That was the Valley on Friday night. Let's turn our attention now to Eagle Farm yesterday where we had a nine-event cup. We'll go to the third race, and this was a, a three-year-old race with some promising types engaged. Action King was the favourite, but he blew his chances with a poor getaway. Here's the replay. Around the turn, 400 left to Rana. Show me mercy, Shading Rothko on the inside. North of Eli coming up outside the pair. Andriel running on fairly. And Action King is still putting in down the outside. Action King is looming strongly. Show me mercy, the first under pressure. Andriel on the outside. And Action King, they're starting to peak now. And Show me mercy is kicking again. Show me mercy with something in the locker. Show me mercy in front. And there's one for Archer Park Racing. Show me mercy pulled away. Beat by the North of Eli Rothko. Oceans of energy not far away. 
away. Then instant good. Adrian Action King. They made runs down the halfway part to the halfway mark. They're knocked up to finish towards the tail. Shabby Mercy was a betting ring drifter, but uh, and if you were on him, you would have been a little worried in the early part of the straight, certainly the first half of the straight, when he did look to be under pressure, but then all of a sudden he uh, got into his gears, uh, hit top gear and pulled away, and as uh, the further they went, the margin uh, got bigger. Stuart Kendrick trains Shabby Mercy. He's joining us this morning. Stuart, good morning. Yeah, morning, David. How are you? I'm well. Uh, were you a little worried of the straight when Shabby Mercy looked to be under some pressure? Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, we put the blinkers on him on Tuesday in his gallop on the uh, course proper here at home, and um, his track where guy, Steph, she just said, um, you know, he did everything perfect, but she said, I was just a little bit worried if he gets to the front uh, too early, he might sort of switch off and, and wait for the other horses. And as soon as he sort of uh, rolled uh, just a little bit in front of Roscoe on his inside, he sort of half switched off there, and I thought, oh, gee. But. Um, well, he said, you know, once, uh, once he heard the other horses coming in, yet he sort of picked up and uh, he said it uh, was really strong through the line. So he's just still a bit of a big baby yet. He's still got a little bit to learn. And I think uh, once he irons those sort of little things out, you know, we'll have a pretty smart horse. You must have had a pretty big opinion of him right from the start. I'm pretty, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw him in the early nominations for the run to the Rose a month or so ago. Yeah, we did, mate. I mean, early days, we thought after he won his first race, we were hoping to go to the Magic Millions two-year-old, and he, he just pulled up a little bit shinny after that, and we, we gave him a little let-up, and he came back, and he then had a, uh, a few little knee issues, and we had to get his knees uh, just cleaned up, and then he had to go out again. But uh, he's always, you know, he's always shown us a, a lot of ability, and you sort of have to throw those nominations in fairly early, which we did, and, um, you know, we, we, we did nom him, the Rap of the Rose and uh, also the Heritage Stage. But I just felt that he's he's probably just... Just his race matters yet aren't quite there. I think he's just got to, you know, just get a little bit more race savvy before taking on those sort of better-class horses. So that's why we elected to, to keep him in Brisbane. And um, obviously we're a little bit disappointed, you know, last start when he did get beaten. And um, I think, uh, yeah, it was just good yesterday that he sort of got out-travelled and, and put himself up on the speed. The... The heartening part about his performance was that last 100 metres when he pulled away. So that was 1,200. So you'd say watching him yesterday, there should be no drama with 1,400. And that's important because, of course, he's a, a Magic Millions graduate and the Guineas is 1,400 metres. Yeah, David, that's, well, that's the goal now. Um, you know, we, we sort of had that in mind when we elected not to go south to sort of give him a couple of runs in Brisbane and uh, hopefully sort of get his prize money up a little bit and then uh, give him a little freshen up now over the next uh, two to three weeks and then uh, aim towards that, uh, that race in January. So, yeah, it's it spot on. I mean, it was really good to see him strong through the line and Bailey said, you know, he still had his ears pricked the last 50 metres and he said, um, you know, he still had plenty in the tank, which was nice. So you mentioned Bailey Wheeler. He had his best day at uh, Metro uh, level with uh, three winners. Uh, obviously, rode maximum output later in the day for you. Tell us, I know he's not apprentice to you, um, but you've had a lot to do with Bailey Wheeler. Uh, tell us a bit about him, uh, and do you think he's going to, you know, he's only a three-kilo kid at the moment. Is he going to make it, do you think? Is he going to be the next big thing? Look, I think he's, he's definitely got the potential, Ben. It's like, you know, like most uh, most of the kids coming through, you know, that are showing that, that real early ability. They've just got to have their head down and bum up. And, um, you know, there's a, 
there's a lot of hard work to go into to keep going forward, and they've just got to have that that right attitude. But I, what I like about Bailey, he's a, he's very determined. Um, you know, he's strong. Um, you know, he's got great balance on them, and you know, he's always looking to improve. And I mean, even when he comes back in, even show me mercy last start, he just said, you know, he made the wrong decision by sort of easing and coming out. He should have just followed the winner through it. You know, that's the thing I like about him. He's, he's willing to listen and he's learning and um, you can just see that in his riding now. You know, he, he makes a, a little mistake uh, one day, he's trying to correct it the next. And I think that's the big key. And now he's uh, he's obviously gone over to Annabelle now, so he'll get plenty of opportunities there as well. And I think that's the key now. And he's just got to, uh, you know, keep his head down and, um, and keep working hard. And I think he's uh, definitely got the ability. We've got to mention maximum output. This horse was thoroughly deserving of a Saturday win. He's been so consistent. But the fact, the feature about him as well is he's not a big horse, but what he lacks in size, he makes up for in heart. Yeah, he's just a pony. He uh, he just hasn't really grown since I bought him as a yearling. And, um, you know, he uh, he's one of those horses that you, you, I said to, to Chris uh, Wessel from Arch Park and Mark McLean yesterday on the way home, I said, you'd, you'd love a stable for them and... You'd love him to be a hand higher. He'd be a really good, uh, a really good horse. But look, he just tries his heart out every time, and he sort of, uh, he sort of ran in with his consistency. He, he just was running in races carrying 59 and 60 kilos, and he was getting beaten a length and running second and third, and that's just what cost him. Whereas uh, that's been the advantage of being able to take the three off with Bailey, um, especially the last couple of runs, and I think it makes a big difference for him. It just allows him to to keep hitting the line like he did yesterday, whereas if he had been carrying that extra three kilos, he probably gets beaten a, a head or a neck, you know. So, um, yeah, just just the size of him. He's, he's a little pit pony, but he's, he's, a, he's a real trier. And he does that every every day he goes out on the track, every every piece of work he does and every, uh, every race. So, yeah, he's a little beauty. Public holiday tomorrow, Stuart. There'll be plenty of people uh, maybe looking to earn a little bit of cash to have a drink on the public holiday. We'll go out to a nice lunch. You've got 11 in at the Sunshine Coast today. Have you got one that should win and one that, uh, you know, might be some odds it's a nice each-way play for the punters? Um, mate, look, we've got a heap of chances today. It'll be one of those days I'll say one something else wins. But, you know, move it, move it's a nice horse. He's, um, he's in later in the day. He he was uh, he ran into um, um, Boom Talk there last start and I thought his run was excellent. He finished off well. He's up to the 1,300. I think he, uh, he'll be hard to beat. Um, he's, he's a really nice horse, and um, we've got a, a couple there, a couple in the maidens that, are, that go well as well. Um, and uh, a horse called Tajaki, I see she's been crushed in the market. Actually, she she's been working really nicely. She's a big zoo star filly. She's a, a monster, actually. So she's about, uh, I think she's pushing 17 hands. So she's been working well. So yeah, there are a couple of really good chances there, but good chances all day, really. Don't worry about Ben saying he's, he's trying to help the listeners. He's just trying to help himself, Stuart. He just wanted to have a bet. So, so don't, don't fall for that. Pretty much. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, great result yesterday. Uh, great result for, for the stable, for Bailey Wheeler, but also for Archer Park Racing. We've got to give them a mention because they present this show and they have done for several months now. They're a good bunch of people and you've, you've got a very strong association with them. Uh, mate, they're terrific. They've been fantastic for, uh, for our stable and... Um, yeah, you wouldn't find a, a better bunch of people to train for and um, they always work with you and uh, they've, they've got great owners that come in with them. So we've had a lot of fun over the last, um, yeah, the last 18 months, two years since we've had some, uh, some nice horses and, you know, Chris and Mark back you at the sales, they buy some nice horses and jump in with you. So it's, uh, it's been a good ride and uh, hopefully we can continue on. 
when will we see Defined Spirit? Uh, he's back in now. He's just uh, he's just doing just starting his quicker work, so he'll look to uh, to have a jump out in uh, in three weeks' time, sure. and uh, we'll then uh, make some decisions going forward with uh, with him. But he's strengthened up and he, he looks really good, so he's another nice, promising three-year-old. Good to talk. Have a good day today, mate. Thanks, guys. There he is, Stuart Kendrick, joining us. Yeah, well, here's the play. Both of those horses, Tajaki in the second race, mm. move it, move it in the sixth race. Just take little multis with both of those into Antino in Melbourne today, which will dead set win by half the length of the straight. I know it's only a dollar sixty-five, so you probably need to dollar seventy. So you probably need a little way to boost it. One of those Kendrick horses, or both of them, into Antino, and what could possibly go wrong? It's on the tape. We'll play it next week. Just wins. Let's have listen. Two more replays before we go. We're running behind time. Let's go to oh, the producer's gone cranky <laughs> now. See, he's had the holidays. Baggies. He thinks he can control it. No, you can't. Let's listen to race eight. <laughs> Up to the turn, 500 left to run, seven lengths span them. Paletto will turn in front narrowly. Tidal Creek about to apply pressure on the outside. Then Lasting Kiss, stuttering peels out three wide. Four wide, Hail Manhattan. Bullfinch trying to wind up Shibley down the outside. And indispensable with work to do. They're spread across the track. Tidal Creek headed off by stuttering. Hail Manhattan, Shibley out wide, running on gamely. And then came Bullfinch on the outside, Shibley, finishing resolutely. Coming after Hail Manhattan, Shibley goes home a little too well at beat Hale Manhattan, Bullfinch and Stuttering. Then came indispensable Tumbler Ridge, Tidal Creek, Lasting Kiss, and a minute away, Belente last. Shibley's going really well for the Chris Wallace stable and will continue to make his presence felt in southeast Queensland. That was a strong win and no excuse for the beaten division because he came from last to score. Let's go to the two-year-old. Uh, Ross and Crooks successful last week in the Paddo Show. They came up trumps again yesterday at Eagle Farm. Up to the home turn, Mashani Lilly with a big baldy face. Heads for home in front. Zelesny's got the task to come after the leader and just being healed along by CJ Graham. Territory Ash making a run as well and going past Zelesny, who's immediately under pressure. Down the outside, Yuniga Wahia. It's Mashani Lilly. Short of 200 left to run. Hands and heels, a nice leader from Territory Ash. Mythbuster, Yuniga Wahia. Zelesny can't go on. Mashani Lilly in front, getting tired. Territory Ash diving late. They hit it. Mashani Lilly was trying to Hang on from Territory Ash. Third, possibly Mythbuster. Zelensky had its chance. They're followed then by Uniga Wahia, Mashani Invincible, and Mashani Voltage. Metcalf never got into it, and Mashani Delta dumped the jockey soon after the start. Yeah, she tried to hang on, and she did by a short half head. One strut after the line, it was Territory Ash, but on the line, it was Mashani Lilly giving Les Ross and Mike Crooks the first two juvenile races. Yeah, and uh, he was. Um I won't say limping, but he was struggling a little bit yesterday, Lazarus. He got out of hospital during the week. He had a cyst removed from his stomach. He actually pulled up his shirt and showed me the war wound. It wasn't probably ideal. One thing I will say, I read something during the week um, about, oh, these Mashani horses. Oh, it's ridiculous. They're all called Mashani, blah, 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 blah. Get stuffed. (laughs) If you own a horse, if you want to call your horse Chucky Fowler or Ben Dorries is great... Go for your life. Call it whatever you bloody want. If Mike Crooks throws in so much money, if he wants to call all of his horses Mashani something, good luck to him. Well, you talk to Big Richie about that. Ah, oh, give me a spell. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he won't mind. Good on you, mate. See ya. Of course, don't forget tomorrow a national racing service. I know Press Room of Black Bookers will be back with that the following Monday, but we'll be back with Pass the Post next Sunday with the compliments of Archer Park Racing. Thanks for your company. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the footy tonight. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.